guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you all for joining me today. Today in my studio, I have my wife with me. Because we're going to be talking about raising your children heathen in the modern times. Uh, Go ahead and say hello, Kelly. Hi. So we together as parents are going to talk about you know our steps and our techniques in doing so. And we hope that you want to join us in doing that and listening to what we have to say. Um, I may call my kids in here for a moment or two and let you hear from them. Um, our one son is 16, our other son is 9, he just turned 9, so um, get their views of what goes on in their minds and so on and so forth. So we're going to start um, in a few moments. Before we do, I'm going to ask us to go ahead and do our prayer again. I think I might actually ask Kelly to do it for us this time, if that's okay with her, so that you all can hear somebody else read the prayer other than me all the time. So go ahead, Kelly. Gods and goddesses, me, Sarah, and Vanier, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and be by my side. I ask you to help me face the, the decrees of the norms. The decrees of the norms with courage, honor, and thrift. I ask you to help me to do the best I can for my faith, ancestors, family, and kindred. This day, every day, and always, grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and thrift to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. Hail the gods. And today I'm going to be reading um, from the Havamal, number 18. He knows alone who has wandered wide and far has fared on the way. What manner of mind a man doth own who is wise of head and heart? In that we learned that a well-traveled man not only is wise in mind but in heart because he's seen a lot of things. He's done a lot of things and had to deal with a lot of people. We need to remember that it's not always great to be wise in head and out of heart. We need to look on our fellow man with compassion and caring, um, to love them, to honor them, to bring them the things that they need as well as ourselves. And in traveling, we are humble because we are outside of our own world and outside of the things that we know, and we must learn to be supported by strangers. In so doing, we learn to support strangers. So great words from the All-Father, great wisdom again, as usual, and that's what I gleaned from what he said. So in a few moments, Kelly and I will be back with you, and we will talk about uh, growing your children in the modern heathen world, um, some of the things that we've learned as parents and some of the things that we've learned um, to teach our kids to do and say and um, how to act and all things like that. So I look forward to talking with you and I'll see you in a few moments. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Cars everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. 
He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small Dini poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey guys, we're back, and thank you for taking the time to listen to those promos for um, heathen businesses that help us along. I want to ask you to grab yourself a mug of beer or meat or coffee or a horn and sit back and relax and join me and my wife as we discuss with you bringing up children in the modern heathen world. And have fun with us. That's what I ask. So let's start talking a little bit about this. So, you know, when Kelly and I decided to be heathen, I want to say maybe about 10 years ago, we really started um, getting into it and practicing it. Kelly herself was more of like a kitchen witch, if you will, and she's always had a semi-small altar and stuff, but I haven't. So um, when we decided that, at that time, um, we had the one child who was six and the other one who was maybe a year old. No, Kiernan wasn't, wasn't born yet. That's right, yeah. So Kiernan wasn't even born yet. He wasn't even thought about yet. Yeah, so maybe five or four was EJ, huh? Uh, EJ was probably six or seven. Yeah, something like that. He's 16 now, and yeah. the first class we took was at Mary's, at Mary's shop, yeah. um, and that was probably 10 years ago. Yeah, at least 10 years ago. And it was an introduction to a slatron of meat making, and I remember that because you were more interested in the meat making than anything else. That's right. But, um... They, they, they did a, a, a one-on-one class and you were like, yeah, this is this is actually pretty cool. You know, I was more of the eclectic witch at that point. I'm not sure what direction I wanted to go into and getting guidance from others in the pagan community and stuff. And you know, I convinced Joe to go to this class because I thought he'd enjoy the meat-making part of it. He got interested in the gods and, and you know, we talked about it for quite a while on the way home, and uh, and then you know it would kind of disappear from the, you know like it was kind of the end of the conversation for a while. Um, so that's when they know that I started doing the homework. I said to them yeah. before I told them my transition in Masatru and how we went to the class. It was a two-day class. I really enjoyed it. The second day, like when the first day, because it was more about mead making. How I really fell into that kind of fell away from it, not in a sense of falling away, but more of a learning and trying to take on and yeah, learn a lot did, about it. You really didn't discuss it with me too no, much at I that just, point. Yeah. You kind of just let me go on my way and you kind of went your own way. And, you know, I kind of collected the books and the stuff that I wanted to learn about. And uh, we started to 
talk to EJ about different religions and different things um, and what we were doing. And it kind of, you know, I think it was a little bit of a surprise for him because we had gone to church. We hadn't gone to church. We'd gone back to church. And, right. you know, and then we attended some of the um, rituals that they had in downtown Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, when the witch's shop was there and took him along to that. So he got to see a bunch of like witches and pagans and stuff in their full regalia. Which you know, to me is really cool. You know, I'm not into witchcraft, and it's not my cup of tea. But yeah, it was really cool either way. And he really seemed to enjoy it more than sitting in a church setting. You know, that was kind of our clue that maybe this is the path that we want to go down. Something more like this, because it was more interactive. And the kids could run around and they could play and they could interact with each other and interact in the circle and whatever they were doing. It was more of a Honestly, to be, it was more of a family environment. Then churches more, were, yeah, yeah. You felt more connected with everybody, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm a pretty emotional person. I cry at the drop of a hat. Ask, ask Joe anytime when I do. And I started crying at this ritual. It was a sound ritual, and it was great because I felt the connection with the ancestors that they were. That they were venerating, and even at that ceremony, the, that first one that we went to, it was, you know, I felt my ancestors there. I felt them with me, and that cemented for me going down this path more than anything else. One of the main things that we talked about, though, is we, as we flowed through our progression into Asatru or Elenry, was. You know, when I grew up as a kid, I was free to choose what I wanted to do with my life. I was free to choose my religion. I was free to choose what churches I attended if I did. I was free to choose everything, basically, that I wanted to do. I mean, within reason, you know. You know, I'm not going to let an eight-year-old decide that it's ice cream for dinner every night. That's not what I'm talking about. But I was free to choose whether or not I ate certain stuff on my plate. I was free to choose whether or not I wanted to attend church with my parents. If I didn't want to attend church with my parents, then either I had to find somebody to stay with or something of that nature. So a little bit of responsibility. And of course, this isn't for like seven, eight, nine year olds. They'll go to church with you. But as I got older, I was able to make those decisions myself. And I said to my wife, I'd like for our kids to be able to do the same thing. I don't believe that someone comes into a religion freely and devotes 100% to it unless they make that decision to be part of that religion. Um, if you look at Christians today, how many of them are just part of the religion because that's what their parents are into, or that's when they were brought up, or this is the church my family has gone to since the beginning of time, and all this other stuff. So we discussed that a little bit, and we wanted them to make their own decisions. In doing so, we didn't hide what we did, and in the same token, we didn't make it seem weird or strange or different than the world around us. We included them in all the things we visited and all the things we did. Now, when we moved from Pennsylvania to Utah, we thought because of the Mormons being so prevalent in Utah, that it would be a lot different than it was. We actually found that the Satru shop in Salt Lake City and the gentleman that ran that shop was very excited to meet us because I said that I was just learning about Satru. I was really you know, delving into it and learning about what it was. And I think he's the one that actually taught me that Asatru is not a solitary religion, not made for just one person. No. There are things that we do together. Right. You know, it wasn't something that was in that, like, Asatru 101 class. It was more 
something that was, you know, introduced to us as we went to this shop. And unfortunately, it's, it's not there anymore, but it did give us the basis for learning more about Asatru and this religion and, you know, talking with people there and then there were other pagan shops and believe it or not, you know, Salt Lake City is the center of Mormonism, but there, I can't count on one hand how many pagan shops that they have Yeah, I think there was like 16 to be honest with you, and then they had like three or four different pagan pride days throughout the year um, at parks and stuff like that and it was really ironic for us to see how openly pagan you can be in a society that is openly Mormon or Christian. It was uh, quite interesting for us to see that. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah. And, and it really actually grew um, both of our paths. So, like, you know, I kind of went more into the witchcraft end of it, and he went into more of learning about the Asatru end of it. But somehow it worked for us and and somehow we kind of faded off from you know what the path we were on and started working on this one and and when he was in utah or when we were in utah joe had mentioned a couple times so what if i started my own kindred yeah what if i what if we did this and i'm like well okay let's let me do some more homework on it and let me see how i feel about it it just wasn't the right time. Like as much as we wanted to do it at that point, it just didn't feel right. The most ironic part of it though, and I'll say this is that we were in a devout Christian area, but our kids got to see how even devout Christians and pagans could get along with each other side by side without a problem. And that they could both share the area that they were in without one hating the other or disliking the other. Um, the, the pagans accepted the Mormons, the Mormons accepted the pagans, you know, the, the Sikh expect, respected the whoever. I mean, it was just really nice that everybody respected each other and respected those boundaries. Like we thought we'd attend the pagan day and have a bunch of hecklers there and everything else. And we didn't, it was really quiet. It was really nice. And for the most part, um, some of the Mormon people came along just to see what it was like. And I mean, they're sitting there getting their cards read and their runes read. And to me, that was really, really, really interesting. Um, on a side note, we were Mormon at the time. Yeah. And the really cool thing was I, I did a um, teaching of the elders quorum on prophecy and prophets. And I used the runes to describe how different cultures have different ways of receiving revelation and prophecy. And at first it was kind of looked at really weird, but a few seconds later it was accepted and used. And I mean, we actually read runes within the church. Now I'm not saying that's for everybody, but I'm saying the context it was used, they were able to understand it, get over what it was and begin to see how this worked. I mean, they were more interested in how the process worked than they were as to what it was within the church. And I believe as people in modern heathenry, that's what we have to do. I mean, from our children's standpoint, and them watching this happen, it was really interesting because I can't imagine what was going on in their head because my head was like, what is going on? I'm reading runes in a church, you know, in a Mormon tabernacle, well, not the tabernacle, but in a Mormon meeting house, I'm doing these runes and they're listening and engaging and really asking good questions as to what these are and how they work. So to me, you know, 
building that basis for your children in the future is really important. So that was a really cool piece of the puzzle. I mean, how did you feel about that, Kelly? You were there. You saw it happen. So. No, actually, I was in. Well, you heard about it, though, right? Yeah, and it was, it was kind of a different thing for, for me being in, in the group I was in. Um, it's funny because I went to these pagan shops and I'd see people like women from the church there and stuff. And they would be like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like if I were yeah. the shop, I'm not supposed to be here. I got caught. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything because I'm here too, but I'm picking up this and this and this. Right. And I had, I had to hide that part of myself. It wasn't as open as it was with him. Um, you know, I, there's like a Mormon women out there listening. When he did this from the the wives and stuff like that, they're like, he shouldn't have done this. Why did he do this? It was, and, and, you know, the funny part was the bishop was okay with all of it. You know, after they, these women would approach the bishop, and that's the leader of the, that combination, whatever you want to call it. He was okay with all of this. He's like, look, he was just explaining a different way of prayer, a different way of doing things. And it's something, you know, you might want to teach your children how to do a different way of doing things. They're going to encounter this if they go out on their mission, mm-hmm. if they go out into the real world, if they do this or that or the other thing. You can't live in this bubble where things don't exist other than what you believe in. Yeah, I find it really ironic. Right after I did that, I became a missions teacher Yeah. because of my ability that I was out in the world, that I was part of the world, they, they have a really hard time in Utah finding people that were not grown up Mormons. So to teach missionaries what it's going to be like in the real world, they need people that weren't missionaries and not in the real world and lived in Utah to teach them how it's going to be. And being well-versed and coming into the church and being a convert to the church, it was really important that I taught missionaries my story, how it happened and what happened so I could teach them what was going on. But with that said, you know, I've carried over all those concepts to Asatru, not that they're the same in any way, shape, or form, but the idea that if we want Asatru to survive in the modern age, we have to be a little more modern. We have to find people that have converted to Asatru, learn how they did, what drew them in, and use that to further more people coming into Asatru, especially our children. We, we have to understand what our children are thinking, what's going on in their mind, when they're seeing the world around them, because unfortunately we cannot be around our children the whole day. For eight or nine hours at some point, even more, our children are being educated by other people. We don't have the time or energy to put into that all the time, and we have to counter what they've been taught by those other people, their peers, their friends, their teachers, the people, their coaches, and everything like that, all have influences on them outside of our home. So our home has to be that portion of their religion that they can grasp onto and hold onto. Otherwise, we may lose them in heathenry. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of that stuff and how we keep from losing our children or keep them from leaving heathenry or staying in or what we do if they do. I mean, what can we do? But in all honesty, we'll talk about that in a few moments. Thanks for joining us and uh, listen to these great heathen 
craftsmen that are going to be coming up on here um, for the commercials. Great guys, great heathens helping other heathens. I'll be right back, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They're incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, I'm back and thanks for joining us. I'm here with my wife again, Kelly, and uh, we're coming to you from our studio here. So we're going to talk a little bit more about um, kids and heathenry. This next topic is a kind of a strange one. You know, we're going to talk about what if our kids don't want to be heathen. And I know that sounds really weird, but you know, my mom and dad, my dad's Catholic. My mom was nothing. My sister was a Muslim. My brother's absolutely nothing. He was evangelical for a while. I ended up a Mormon and now I'm a pagan, so or heathen, or whatever you want to call me. So, with that said, my family, my my other brothers, be Orthodox. My other brothers, Native American religion, like the, the religion of like the modern Native American people. So, I mean, with that all said, we still love each other more than you can ever imagine. So the question is, what do we do if our children don't want to be heathen? Now, coming from our standpoint. Our oldest son, who's 16, kind of just puts up with whatever. I don't really think in, in my mind that he's anything or holds to anything, you know, that he is or was. He is pretty faithful to wearing his Thor's hammer. He, he, he is pretty faithful, yeah. Every day. Yep. And we actually had a warrior ceremony for him last year, which he yep. really enjoyed. He does enjoy participating in the ceremonies. Yeah, he likes stuff. helping out and stuff, yeah. And, you know, recently... He was very, very against drinking meat and stuff at the floats and the sun bolts and stuff like that. <coughs> um, the last one that we had at Beltane, he actually partook. And yeah, except for saying he doesn't like my meat, yeah, which is he, pretty funny. He, 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 
didn't like it. Yeah. But he actually But he tried to do he it. He tried it, you know, and, yeah. and we're lucky in the regard that he doesn't want to drink, he doesn't want to smoke, he doesn't want to do yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, not that there's anything against trying, you know, having an experience and trying things like that at that age. I wouldn't ultimately did. But he doesn't want to and he doesn't like it. And you know, right. at least he tried something that he hasn't tried before. Yeah. And we're not talking massive amounts of drinking. We're talking when the sumble was going on that the uh corn came to him, he took a sip and you know and of course outside of that religious aspect, he does not touch our meat at all. Right. So with that said, I want to reiterate that. Now our younger boy recently has been asking to attend a local church. Um, and I think the reason behind that, to be honest with you, is that's where his friends from school are. Right, um, right. He has really good friends there, and he's got a little girlfriend there and some other stuff, and he's nodding. And, of course, he gets candy, and they serve dinner and all the other stuff there while he's there. Right. So, you know, it's the things that entice him to be there. And I really don't mind that. I, I don't mind him learning about other religions. I, he he actually got a Bible the other day from his uh, Sunday school teacher. Sunday school teacher, yeah. 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 And he was really, he was really happy he got that. And he, you know, he asked me if he could read it, and I said absolutely. I mean, I'll even sit there and read it with you if you want. But we want to encourage our children to be what they are. We want to encourage our children uh, to be the best they can be. And like I said before, I don't believe anybody gives a hundred percent to anything unless they truly want to be there. So, with that question, you know, what do we do if our children? Are not heathen. I don't think I'll mind that. I mean, I don't think I'll want to complain about it or anything else. I mean, they'll understand where I come from, and I understand where they come from. And the bottom line is, I'm going to love them no matter what. They're my kids, you know, and they they do what they want to do. And there's a point when we have to let go and let them be themselves. And I mean, that's just the way it is. We've all had to do this, and I mean, we all moved out of our parents' home, otherwise we'd all still be there and living with our parents. Right. But that's not what we want. We all want to be ourselves. We all want to make our own decisions and live our own lives. From my standpoint as their father, what I want to do, though, is I want to make them understand that if they make that decision, they have to give 100% to that. Like if they say that they're going to be whatever, they're going to be Mormon, they're going to give 100% to being Mormon. If they're going to be Catholic, they're going to give 100% to being Catholic. You can't half do stuff. You can't half be in this one and half be in that one. I mean, you really can, but you want to give 100% totally each one and be there for them. Now, if they want to go learn about something else, that's great. And then we'll go learn about it and, you know, join in and some other stuff. But in the same token, they're just kids right now. They're just, you know, testing the orders of things and seeing how stuff works and seeing what they like, seeing what they don't like. And honestly, you got to let them make those decisions on their own. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I was, you know, Joe was lucky enough to have that freedom when he was a young man that he could pick what he wanted to do. And, and I wasn't that fortunate. I had the fire and brimstone, and this is the way it has to be. And I was baptized, I think, three times in three different churches and dedicated to the Mennonite church and all of these other things. And I, I kind of rebelled against it, I think, is you know, like at 11 or 12 years old, I realized that this wasn't for me. And, you know, the beginning of that was my aunt was Unitarian Universalist and she took me to her church. And I was like, this is perfect. This is what I want. This is, this is amazing. They're not 
they're not just believing in one thing. There's a couple of things going on here. It's not judgmental. I don't feel judged here. I always felt judged in a church. That was one thing that was really hard for me. I always felt judged. I always felt like I was never good enough. And uh, what's funny to say because most churches, you know, th this is the difference with heathenry and, and Christianity. Most churches you go into, it's it's a guilt trip. I mean, you're guilted into thinking you're the worst thing on the earth, so that you have to constantly ask for forgiveness, so that you can feel better about yourselves. Where in heathenry, we pass a cup and we hail you for doing the things in your life, and right. don't make you feel bad unless you break an oath. Then, you know, we deal with it as it comes. I, I mean, that's the big difference. You know, I, I, I went there with my aunt a few times, and I felt really comfortable there. And then my mom was like, no, you can't take her there anymore. That's not a good place for her to be. I was always the bad child, no matter what I did. And I always did everything that was asking me, but I was always the bad child. Um, that was just because I was the oldest. I was just, that's how it was. Um, that's how my parents are. That was my childhood. You know, and now I'm like, I, I'm with Joe that, that we give our kids the freedom to learn what they want to learn. You know, Kieran came to us one day about a year ago and said he wanted to worship Thor. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. But we wanted to make sure it wasn't the Marvel comic book Thor that he wanted to worship. So Joe asked him, well, if you want to worship Thor, maybe three things about him besides his hammer. Right. Besides his hammer. Three things I don't know besides his hammer. Right, and he bought a lot of three things right away, and we're like, okay, you're good to go. You can honor Thor. Yeah, so this eight-year-old comes up and tells me specifically that not only does he have a hammer, but without his gloves, the hammer's useless. His belt. No, and his belt, oh, right. His belt, but right. without the, the gauntlets, his hammer's useless. So I'm like, wow, how? where did you learn that? And then he tells me about the belt that he wears that gives him strength, and I'm like, where did you learn about that? And what was the other thing? There was something Seth, else. Seth, his wife. Yeah, his wife's name is Seth. And I'm like, wow, dude, that's great. So, you know, in my mind, he truly took the time to learn about this God, and he wanted to worship him. I mean, we're wearing hammers every day, and he has a hammer, and the wife has one. I have one. Actually, I have five. I won't get into all that. But, yeah, I have quite a few hammers. People are always making me hammers, which I, I don't turn down. I like them. But anyway, with that said, I mean, it was really ironic to me how he took the time to learn about who this God was. and which was able to answer my query without a problem. And that, I mean, as a father, that's pride. That's whatever you want to call it. But it, it was, it was nice. Let me tell you it that. It was great. It, yeah. was, it was, and it was a shock to me because I'm like, when did you teach him this? And I didn't. It's like, yeah, I didn't. But here he had been watching on his own on YouTube. Um, I don't even know what the channel was. Do you? I don't know. No. It was, it was some channel that, that he was watching these stories about the different gods and stuff. And he just picked it up like, like there was no tomorrow. Right. But on the flip side of that, like he goes to, to church on Sundays and Tuesday nights and he'll talk to his Sunday school teacher. And this is one example. The Sunday school teacher brought it up to the pastor, who's a good friend of ours. Yeah. And the pastor came to Joe and said, you know, I love having Karen at church. And Joe's like, why do you love having him? It's like, because this week in, in their class, the teacher's talking about temples and how there's no temples in the churches anymore. And Karen goes, that's not true. Mormons have temples. I've been to a lot of them. And 
like the teacher just froze and didn't have an yeah, answer. Yeah, she didn't have to answer and it. She just went on to the next part of the lesson, but had to approach the pastor about it afterwards. And the pastor's like, he keeps us all in check. Yeah. And this is a nine-year-old kid that keeps everybody there in check because he is smart as a whip. He really is. And he well, even the, the Genesis one, they've been learning about Genesis and the creation story. And the other night, the pastor came to me and told me that, you know, Kenan really is this incredibly smart boy. And he wanted to know who taught him the thing about if God created light on the first day, how did on the third day he create the sun and moon? How did that work? So it's really ironic that, you know, he takes the time to really learn. And I really like that. And I don't know if that comes from us or comes from, you know, the way we brought them up. But in all honesty, Again, not giving less than 100% to what you're learning is really important, especially when you're choosing something that's going to affect your mm -hmm. life and your children's lives. And that's honestly what we did in Modern Heathenry is that we took the time to learn, took the time to research. Like I said, you know, this was 10 years ago that we really got into it. I, I want to say it took me about three years to make the decision of becoming a heathen in any way, shape, or form, and then another two years to learn the practices and in another year to read the books and understand heathenry, and I'll be honest with you, I'm at the point where I don't even really understand much of anything, but I'm a lot farther ahead than most people getting into heathenry, to be honest with you. And that's why they made me a goatee, because they keep saying I'm really smart, but the more I learn, the less I feel like I know. <laughs> it's really strange. And the first thing I learned in heathenry was that it's a... Uh, a religion, a of, religion homework. of yeah of homework and it really is I mean it's just some some incredible stuff that, that I learned in heathenry and I really enjoy it and I really take the time to learn the stuff and I do know a lot don't get me wrong but when I say that I'm saying that as much as I learn there's so much more to know right um, but other than that yeah so you know don't feel bad if your kids aren't heathen. Um, right away, they may come back to it later. You know, if if you were my parent, you would have seen me, you know, leave heathenry, go out to the world, become a missionary, get a degree at a Bible college, and you would really been like, oh no, he's gone. Become a pastor for a couple of years, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm back to heathenry. So don't fret. You know, don't take it as there's something wrong or there's something wrong with your teachings. Any good parent knows that their children will make their own decisions sooner or later. I mean, we give them all the tools in the life's toolbox. It's their choice whether to pick a hammer to nail a nail in or to pick a wrench. Yeah, so. and it's, it's all about finding the truth that works for you. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big thing. This truth works for me. My, my faith isn't quite like Joe's faith. And, you know, I do things a little bit differently than he does, but... We work together to raise our kids, to teach them that, you know, there's a little bit of truth in everything, and, and you just got to find your piece of that truth. Right. Like I said, you know, before a bunch of times, you know, the answer for me is not the answer for you necessarily, and the path that I'm on is not your path. You may come on to it, you may get off of it, and we might share it for a little bit, but it's not your path for now. Right. It's my path to continue, and it's my walk to go on. And sometimes I'm alone, sometimes I'm with friends, but it is mine and nobody else's. So for me, this is where I need to be right now. This is why I'm here, because the gods saw that I belong right here. In my meditation, I talk with the gods, and 
Um, my dreams, I'm able to talk with the gods. And sometimes it's overwhelming. Sometimes it, you know, it, it destroys me to hear what they have to say. And other times I just roll with it. They, they joke with me and they laugh with me and they have a good time. Sometimes they give me messages for other people. But again, my walk is my walk. And it's not my wife's walk. And my wife's walk is not my walk. We are together and we're holding hands, but we're on two separate paths because we can't be at the same place at the same time. It's an impossibility. So when we come back, we're going to talk to our kids, I think. Maybe at least one of them. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. I think one of the things we should talk about either in this next part or another part is how to deal with things like the schools and the public and and, and heathenry because it's, it's it is an issue. Right. Well, then we'll do that. Then we come back, we'll talk about modern heathenry in the schools and in the public and um, talk about how we deal with it with our kids. There's a specific instance that I know that she's talking about. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. So we'll talk to you in a few moments. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small D poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdal, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Okay, guys, we're back, and thanks for joining us again. So we're going to talk a little bit about what to do if your kids are not accepted in public or something uh, strange happens. But let's premise this with this. So our eight-year-old, well, nine-year-old now, um, he was eight at the time, took his Thor's hammer to school, and his teacher saw his Thor's hammer and decided that she had the right to take it away. And she told him he would not get it back until the end of the year. Well, that could not stand. So we ended up calling the principal. And the principal of the school began to 
ask a million and five questions about what religion we belong to because he didn't believe it, basically. So I ended up going through the, um, what's it called? The EEOC. Uh, well, we went to the superintendent. Was the, the thing for the EEOC, equal opportunity, yeah, the, whatever. We right. went to like the, basically the HR department for kids. Yeah, we went to the <laughs> HR department for kids. We started talking with him about it. And ironically, he became very irate that the teacher did this. Um, our school district already is in some problems because of forcing um, somebody to pray. And I don't know how it's going to come out. I don't know what's going on with it. But I do know I read the article in the newspaper that they forced somebody to pray. And they're in a lot of trouble for that. It's not only one student. It's like four So our school district is being sued by a bunch of different parents over many different religious reasons. So with that said, I want to talk a little bit about how to deal with this. You know, I could have become very hot-headed and flipped out. Instead, I sent the principal all the information about heathenry I possibly could. When I did that and he didn't respond, I then went above his head to make an actual claim with the people, uh, the Board of Education of yeah. the state, because this was such a big issue. I mean, we, we talked to the te- we talked to the principal, and we asked for it to be returned that day, but the school day had already been over. Right. And so we asked for it to be returned the next day. He's like, "Well, I didn't even know the teacher had taken it away." Well, whether or not he knew, the re- the thing is, I wanted to return no matter what. Right. Right. So and it was a runaround, is basically what he was giving yeah, me. Yeah, we got a runaround from the from the school district, and you know the superintendent even had a problem with us, you know, saying this stuff and getting upset because you had taken my child's religious right religious symbol away from him, and you know he may have been playing with it in class. I understand that that's different. I mean, if he's playing with it, right. the teacher could take it away, but she has no right. To keep it for that long long because she violated his First Amendment right when she did that. Now, I said to him in in no uncertain terms, does this mean that every child that wears a cross that plays with it gets that cross taken away for the full year? The principal could not answer that question. And the superintendent refused to answer that question. Now, in those instances, I looked at them both and said, because you can't answer because you refuse to answer, that tells me absolutely not. Therefore, the religious symbol of my religion needs to be addressed the same way as the religious symbol of the cross from your religion. That's all you have to say. Now, mind you, I'm sitting in there and I'm wearing my two hammers on the outside and my other hammer underneath my shirt. But they saw that we came in. My wife was wearing a hammer. My older son was wearing a hammer. The only one not wearing a hammer was my youngest son. So obviously these are things that we wear that are religious symbols, so they had no choice but to crumble. Right. Now, from that point on, my son is afraid to wear his hammer to school that the teacher will take it away and throw it away or something of that nature. We addressed that with that. They they assured us it will not happen. It won't happen. The whole school has been notified of what a hammer is now and that it's not allowed to be taken away from kids. But he's still afraid of taking it because he's afraid of losing it. I understand that wholeheartedly, and you know we the deal with that. Has already been done, right. that's the problem. So, and no matter how much we encourage him to do it, he still doesn't want to do it. Now he does may change over the next year or so, but to be honest with you, these are the things we have to worry about in modern heathenry with growing our children up. We have to look at what goes on and how this happens. We have to learn how to 
defend our children against those things. And I'm not talking defense like the old Viking defense where we're going to load up the longboat, grab all the shields, grab all the swords, a bunch of bows and arrows, and go attack the school because they're doing whatever. But in modern world, we can attack them with legalities. We can attack them by showing up to school board meetings. We can attack them by doing things that are well within the bounds of the law. And when I say attack, I don't mean attack in the sense of hurt attack. I mean the sense of help them to understand who we are and what we do and become more part of the mainstream and the norm. This is what I'm talking about all the time with modern heathenry. If we're not becoming in the norm, people are never going to consider us normal. It's a really simple task. Now, our older son doesn't have these problems in high school because they're a little older, and if they want to know what the thing is, they have the ability to look it up. Now, in modern heathenry, we have to watch out because these symbols are also symbols of hate groups. So we have to watch that as well. And, of course, the school has every right to ban certain symbols. But if they're going to ban the symbol of a hammer because they say it belongs to a hate group, they will then also have to abandon the symbol of the cross or any form of religion whatsoever because I can prove that our religion is not all hateful. Just like other religions are not all hateful, and I won't mention them here, that cause problems throughout the world. So with that said, in modern heathenry, we have to help our children understand things. And we pulled him aside and described what went on. We also told him he wasn't allowed to play with his hammer while he was in school. And just, you know, really help them understand that when they're wearing a hammer, it is jewelry and it's not meant to be played with all the time. So we don't have a problem sending him to school with those things. Right. Well, and the other thing is, it's not just he that doesn't have a problem with this kind of thing. It's all of pagan, paganism. You know, I've heard of people who are pagans who have their children taken away be just because of their religion or kept away from them just because they, yeah. they say that they're this religion or that religion. Because we are fundamentally still a Christian um, nation, even though we don't believe we are, there isn't really a total freedom of religion yet in our country. Um, unfortunately, right. it's, it's truly unfortunate. You know, the people are being kept away from their children solely on the idea that their religion is totally wrong. Right. Yeah, especially based on where you are in the country. I mean, if you're in some place that is, I want to say the modern word woke. <laughs> if you're in a place that's woke, like New York or LA or, you know, Washington State or something like that, you're going to be okay. But if you're in a place that's kind of closed off, backwoodsy, and pardon the pun, redneck, you know, where we live here in Alabama in the middle of the Bible Belt, you're going to have some problems. Right. But you face those problems and you do it dignified. And usually, I'm not going to say always, because, you know, there are places that are really backwoods and I don't know why. But those facing it with today's laws and everything, it's really hard for those type of people to hold on to those old style of beliefs. And there's nothing wrong with Christians. I find nothing wrong with them whatsoever. I will say that again. They could worship the way they wish to worship. And I will... You know, more power to them, let's just say it that way. If they can save children, do all their stuff, I'm happy. If they, you know, put stuff in the community, I'm happy. And as long as we can sit at Subway together and eat sandwiches without throwing our food at each other, we're good. So with that said, um, we have to teach our children the same thing. And in the same token as we want tolerance, we have to give tolerance. Right. 
So yeah, it's funny because in our son's field day, he's still in elementary school, so they still have field day. Um, last year or this year, we are having a good time because they're saying a Christian prayer at the beginning of field day. Well, we respect it. You know, we're gonna put all our two cents in. Yeah. So at the end of the prayer, when they're all saying Amen, we're saying like, Hey, we're are y'all hallowed? Hallowed it. And everybody looks at me like, what in the world? Yeah, but they. I deserve my prayer too for a good time for my kids. Right, exactly. you know? yeah, we don't mind yelling a lot about it, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, just as long as we're not doing what we <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> No, but seriously, um, with that joke aside, yeah, we, we believe that we have the right to worship the way we want to worship, and we believe that they have the right to worship the way they do. Right. We will join in their prayer, just like I will yell, hello, and at the end of that prayer. Right. Now, if I were in a church and a visitor there, I wouldn't do that because that's inappropriate. You know, their their house, their rules. So, that's all. Right. But even, even the pastor of the uh, church that our kids, mostly Karen has, has been going to, um, he understands our religion, and if Karen would bring it up, it wouldn't be an issue. It right. wouldn't be anything to, uh, you know, say, hey, he can't come back, or hey, you know, we don't agree with this. They wouldn't even contemplate that. They'd just be like, okay, that's Karen, and just, you know, go off and do whatever. They just, yeah, you know. I'm really in impressed by this church because they've actually taken the time to sit with me and learn about our path, our religion, and the way we do things. And in their eyes, they really, I don't want to say they, they like it because that'll get some problems, but it's not that they like it, it's that they don't dislike it. It's not something that they dislike. They like our nine noble virtues. They really think those are important. They like the idea of how we believe that um, we're responsible for ourselves, that we make our own decisions, and that we can right. you know, do, do stuff because we're, we're either good or we're either bad. That's all there is right. to it, I mean. Um, just the understanding that we make our own decisions in life and how we choose stuff. Um, we do understand the concept of a God, not in the same kind of God or the same type of worship. We do understand that. And in talking to him, he sees where the Christians have taken our symbolism, which is much older than Christianity, and changed it to theirs. And he, he delights in seeing how his religion came about based on our religion, which is really funny. Right. So it's well, and then there's also the thing that like this pastor goes to the local high school that our son goes to, and on Mondays he has a time where he can talk to the high school students if they have mm -hmm. any questions about religion or anything else. But he's always bringing my son EJ into the class into like his thing and say, EJ, what about this? EJ, what about that? And EJ doesn't know all the answers. He doesn't have close to any, really any of the answers because he's just going along with whatever. And said so like, well, you can call Joe and ask him about it. Right. And a lot of times he will call me and ask me questions about certain things and I'll sit there and answer him. And it's really ironic. He uses a lot of what I talk about within his sermon. Yeah, like this Sunday, you know, this is this is crazy because Saturday we had our a little get together. We had like a um, we're supposed to have a blow, but it didn't and it didn't really work out because of people's schedules and things like that. Last minute schedule changes. Um, we did have like a 
birthday party kind of thing for everybody who had their birthday since the beginning of the year to now. Um, and so he was there because it was at their church hall because we rented the hall for free. And he was asking questions. And Joe was saying, did you read this today? Because Joe had written something about Father's Day and, and Father's being a noun and Dad being a verb and, and that kind of thing. And pastor, the pastor, I don't want to give the name, but our, the pastor used what Joe had said to him actually in his Father's Day sermon. Right. And, you know, I've asked him a couple times about why he uses what I say, knowing that I'm, you know, heathen. And his answer is truth is truth, no matter where it comes from. I like that answer because it shows that within our religion and it shows him that within our religion, there is absolute truth. Whether we know it or not, or whether other Christians want to acknowledge it or not, the honest to God's truth is that there is truth in our religion. Um, you know, just the idea that, you know, the way we treat each other alone is so important and that oaths are so important to us. Our word means a lot. You look in the Bible and Jesus says things like, if it were not so, I would not have told you. That is equivalent to I take an oath to tell you that what I'm telling you is true. So even oaths are understood by them. And truth is truth. In modern heathenry, we have to understand that we're not alone in these concepts. These concepts are universal and are universally traded from one religion to the other. I mean, without all the backstory, we know that truth is truth. That's just the bottom line. In growing up our kids today, we have to understand the same thing. We need to teach them about the similarities between each and every religion, not the things that break them apart and separate them, but the things that unify them. And I'm not saying that we want to become Christians or we want to become Jews or we want to become Muslim. What I'm saying, though, is that if we find modern ground, we become more modern. And if we become more modern, we become more accepted. And being accepted means that we are the norm, just like everybody else. Modern heathenry is not very hard not like it used to be, you know, where they were hanging people for witchcraft and everything else. Modern heathenry is so much easier today, and it's so different from Christianity that people are really seeking it out and looking for it. So when we come back, we'll go ahead and go over some of that, and I look forward to talking to you then. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. 
Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm here with my wife, still talking about bringing your kids up in the modern heathen world. So we were going to have you uh, talk to our kids, but they are being very shy. My uh, 16-year-old doesn't want his voice in a microphone. He doesn't want to hear himself, he says. And the, the younger boy doesn't want everybody in the world to hear him. So uh, He's like, no, 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 I don't want anybody to hear me, you know? No. Yeah. So he just doesn't want it. I think they're both a little shy about being on the microphone. So. Um, I really wanted you to be able to talk to them, or not talk to them, hear them talk about modern heathenry and what they think of it and how it's affecting them. Uh, give me a little bit and maybe I'll get them on the mic. Um, they may join us sometime, so I apologize. But yeah, so we let off, we were talking about how modern heathenry is, you know, against us basically, but how we can, you know, through temperance, I want to say, learn to be together. It's really that simple. It's really a case of just, you know, helping the world understand that we are just like them, only a little bit differently. So, and our kids and growing them up today, we need them to understand that they're not totally different, not strange different. I mean, we all have our differences. We all have our, you know, things that we do, but I really feel bad sometimes for the kids who are caught in the middle and, their parents don't know what to say to them because it's all you know, coming down around them and doing the stuff that's, uh, you know, right and heathenry and stuff. And the world's coming down upon them because they are heathen and they're not the normal for the area. Just know that we, we know, we, we understand, you know, and it's not easy growing heathen children today. It's not like we have a Sunday school they can go to or, you know, parochial school of some type for heathens that would, you know, teach our children to be heathen. I mean, it would be great to have the wizarding world of Harry Potter around to teach our children, you know, the the arts of, you know, magic and things well, of that nature. But yeah, yeah. yeah. there is heathen homeschool curriculum, but it doesn't pick up until high school most. No, that's an elementary yeah. school one now. Okay. But then you have a, you're still keeping them away from the outside world. The outside world, world exactly. Oh. You're teaching that it's behind closed doors. Right, and it's not right. part of the norm. That's not either. I mean, they, they need to be out in the closet. They need to be out in the world and, you know, associating with everybody else. And, you know, we, we're lucky where we are, even though we've had some issues and stuff like that. Most of our town is pretty accepting of what we believe in. And, you yeah. know, my husband and I are always out in public with our forest hammers and, you know, our heathen symbols and we're very out of the, for lack of a better term, broom closet. Yeah. No. Yeah. People have really accepted us here, though, too, in the sense that, you know, at first they were kind of standoffish of us and they see that we're people that are just a family and just doing what we have to do and, you know, contributing to society and doing the things that are good. 
and they've really accepted us for who we are as people and who we are as a family and it's really nice and I, I know that not everybody has that but you know just know that there are places that are like that that are right. places that you can go ahead and thrive and live and grow as heathens rather than just you know dying out um, not saying you're dying out, don't misunderstand me. But, but then just, you don't have to be so solitary. Yeah, you don't have to be so solitary. And you don't have to be so hidden and secret and, and you know, not putting yourself out there. Like, we, I mean, we put ourselves out there every day. Right. And, you know, we, we're both we're Thomas Hammers. We, we both have, you know, Morse-related tattoos. We both have um, an altar. We have altars. We have four of them in the house. And Five. And two outside the house. Yeah, yeah, we have the nine noble virtues in our in our shed, or not in our shed, but we have like a sun outside. And we have the nine noble virtues painted on a pallet outside for the world to see with a with a bull skull hanging off of it. Yeah, and we have effigies of the our effigies of the gods all over made of right. logs and it parked. Right. So I mean, there's no question there's about no what we are. What we yeah, are. yeah. You know, they see us out and about. You know, nobody questions it. Nobody, nobody has a problem with it anymore. Anything. It's just like, oh, there goes the human family. You know, yeah. that's, that's basically what happened. Right. And we, we've we've also about. had people approach us and want to learn more about healing right. and want to learn what we do and how we do it and what um, you know there's involved in it. And right. it's really nice to see that and to hear that and to you know sit with them and talk about it. Right. It. Very few people complain about it or whatever else because it's just not something you do where you're from. Yeah. So well, we we've had a we've had a couple of issues, but nothing anything nothing major, nothing yeah. like you know that we couldn't handle. So in in the future, you know, growing up your kids is not easy at all in any way, shape, or form. It's not easy for any parent. Well, just in general, children. right? Yeah, it's but not easy even for growing your children up in heathenry is worse. I mean, we know that we have two kids, and we understand that. So, you know, just keep to the course and keep doing uh, what you're doing, and you know, follow the steps. You know, involve them in things, and you know, make them their own spaces. Let them build their own altars. Let them do their own prayers. Let them write notes to the gods. You know, and let them listen to the stories. That's why I'm putting up um, the Children of Odin all week this week. So you can just sit with them and enjoy, you know, some time together with your kids. So I will continue to do that. Um, and you guys are getting this, this episode. And I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me and my wife. Is there, is there anything you'd like to add to the episode? Uh, yeah, there, you know, for, for kids that are my, my kids' ages, um, one of the best resources I've found for learning about the gods is the uh, Magnus Chase series by Rick Morton. Um, it's not exactly true to the mythologies, but it gives you a sense of who each of these gods are, what their personalities are, what they represent. Um, Did he use Percy Jackson to these guys? He, yeah, he's yeah. going to be all the Percy Jackson. So it's on that kind of level. Right. It's an adventure story. It's in three parts. It teaches you about some of the artifacts and things like that, some of the realms and things that go along with it. Um, really, really interesting storyline and stuff. And my, my son who's 9 can read it. My son who's 16 can read it. I've read them all. Um, but it's a good resource to actually start getting the conversation going about the different gods and stuff too. Yeah. So that would be one thing I would tell you. Look up some different other resources. Um, get your kids involved that way. There's some coloring know. books. Remember when we saw the coloring books? I don't offhand. Okay. I don't yeah, look on Facebook. Them. There's some parenting things on Facebook for heathen parents. 
you can look on there. And really, one of the things I want to recommend is maybe find a group on Facebook that does heathen parenting. And, um, yeah, just join into them. Group there's a yeah. uh, a heathen parenting group that I belong to. You and I both work yeah. to, correct? Um, you know, there, there's resources out there for pagan parents. Just reach out. That's yep. you know, and we're all going through the same things. We're all trying to find our way. We're all trying to help our kids help do the our same. Kids learn and, and grow, and you know, learn who they're going to be when they grow up. So, and take it one day at a time, guys. We're all going to make mistakes. Just know that our kids are going to make mistakes, and then in the path that we're on, those mistakes mean that we get to learn. So, um, follow these simple instructions. I mean, and. <laughs> Maybe we'll all make it through. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I'm working on a 16-year-old. He's, yeah. he's a handful. So I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us ramble about our kids and modern heathenry. So um, I'll say goodbye for now. I'll say goodbye for now. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you. Mm -hmm.